looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We are ex- sort of excited to talk about some Southern Miss football. We're still all a little Debbie Downers, um, but uh, we'll get into that. Uh, but before we do, I got to bring in that co-host of mine, Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Lane? Hey, Chuck. What's up, man? How goes it? Good, man. Ready to turn the page. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a rough New weekend week. for football for you, huh? <laughs> It has. It has not been a good weekend for football. Our volleyball team won though. Hey, to the top. To the top. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, yeah, that was. Hey, I'll say this: Ross Bankston and I both last week talked about how good Florida State was. We had just talked about we were watching the game as we recorded, and uh, guys, they were as good as advertised. Mm-hmm. They were pretty good. That we were watching the Florida State LSU game. Yeah. 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 yeah I say those ti- those tigers, those tigers. Well, yeah, speaking of the just, tigers, uh, we've got a pretty cool guest tonight. Uh, is it all right if I go ahead and bring him on? Go ahead, man. Let's bring him in. Well, he's a, a notable a Southern Miss celebrity. I'm sure everybody knows him. He is the host of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime, Mr. Marshant Kenny. What's up, Marshant? What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on. I'm going to be a little edgy and salty more than the norm because of what happened over the weekend and what I expect. So, But, but still, don't, don't take things the wrong way. I'm still in good mood overall. That's right. We love it. <laughs> you got to bring that New Orleans flavor to it, right? Well, yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> guys i'm just gonna say this he's got the camera on he's not wearing a cowboy collar right now i'm a little disappointed Marshall. man they, they had a, a kid the kickoff kid at the last game allcorn state first game of the season that would go fetch and go get the tea and come back and he had my jersey on and i had so many messages like the kid didn't do your jersey right man he had to have a little padding on his tracks to make it, yeah. make it look right yeah I definitely had way too much padding on back in the day. Unnecessary. Way too unnecessary. <laughs> Pull it up around the gut, show the belly button off, all that oh, stuff. Right. That's what all the kids That's are it, doing. Man. <laughs> was it was it Lee Roberts episode where somebody sent in about the Marshant Kenny's neck roll, the uh the thing in the back? Yeah. 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 Well we talked we talked about you a pretty good bit on that show, Lee apparent or uh Marshant. Apparently Lee uh he enjoyed playing with you, man. We had some conversations about Oh, that. Lee. I can't say enough good things about Lee Roberts. I've always joked and say, you know, you want your daughter, she gets married one day, to hopefully find a guy like Lee Roberts. I mean, he is, I call him Captain America. I joke all the time. He's everything you want <laughs> in a man. He's just the ultimate guy. And, yeah. and he changed our trajectory. I mean, we were really good on defense back in the 90s when they played, but that Thursday night in 96, on ESPN when he got his first start and he just lit up East Carolina and like we got a quarterback now finally. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. That's awesome. It was a big deal. It was. Well uh Marchant, we'd like to ask all our guests a couple questions here. I'll fire off the first one at you. And uh my question my first question to you will be what why are you an everyday eagle? What made you decide to be a Southern Miss uh, Southern Miss legend, if you will. Well, kind of getting to the transition from high school, how I got to Southern Miss, maybe, is what you're getting at? Yeah, yeah. What made you choose Southern yeah. Miss over – I'm sure you had other offers and stuff. Yeah, so uh, my senior year, played at Jesuit High School down in New Orleans and uh, had two 1A offers. Had a lot of 1AA offers, but came down to two offers, Texas Tech and Southern Miss. And what really put Southern Miss on the map for me is that at that time they were beating Auburn, Bama. Uh, had beaten Florida State, where I really got to know him in 89, where I'm like, who, who is this Southern Mrs. Favre guy? Look at this stuff. And it just seemed like a really chippy, salty place. And and the defense was called the Black Attack at that time. Not not really going by the nasty ones. They were titled the Black Attack. And the whole thing was cool. Uh, black and gold, the rock. And uh, so I, I chose Southern Miss over, uh, over Texas Tech. We're glad you did, man. 
And, I, and I'm sure you've got probably a long list of these, so it's going to be hard to maybe narrow it down to one or two. But uh, what's your favorite? Share uh, a few of yeah. them with us. What's Share a few. I'm, I'm, a, I'm in the mood for some stories here. Well, let me ask him the question, Lane. What, <laughs> let him be thinking. What, uh, what's your favorite Southern Miss moment or memory? Well, cut me off because if you guys give me a few, I'll go three that really just stick out to me. And I'll start at number three and work my way to one. But number three is beating LSU. I mean, they didn't offer me a scholarship. I'm, I'm a New Orleans guy, born and raised cheering on LSU football. I was a uh, bled purple and gold uh, growing up. And then to go down to Tiger Stadium in 94, win that game, Chris Pierce, 52-yard field goal, essentially 20 to 18. And then there's a picture that seems to be floating around where I got the Southern Miss flag and a planet in the eye of the Tiger post game. And that was, uh, it was a special moment for me and a lot of Louisiana guys on that team. The second one, I have to go 96 at Georgia. I mean, it was the most fun game I've ever played in. John Thompson, our defensive coordinator, we were, were that traditional 4-3 look prior to 96 on defense. And on the offseason, he went and learned all these new schemes and came back with this 3-4 hybrid look where the defensive end was kind of an outside linebacker, rushed rush the passer, kind of like the jack linebacker in Southern Miss's defense is now. But people weren't doing that. And Georgia had no idea what we were doing. They didn't see us on film. And we absolutely annihilated Mike Bobo, the quarterback. He took so many hits. The offensive line had no clue what we were doing. It was just one of those games. I didn't care if the offense got first downs, turned the ball over. I couldn't wait to get back in the game because it was just fun. They had no idea what we were doing. And the final score kind of uh, showed how much of a defensive fun effort it was. It was 11-7, to 7, you know, when – went between the hedges and, you know, we got in trouble after we started pulling hedges out of the stadium and that sacred ground. And I got pictures with some of my teeth, you know, after that win. But that was just so much fun, you know, because we're playing this big SEC power. And it, you know, we, they had no idea what we were doing. And it, it was just a blast that day in Georgia. And then number one has to be the 97 Liberty Bowl. Uh, it, it just encompassed a lot. I mean, they made a painting about it that you see around Hattiesburg that I'm, I'm blessed to be on with Pat Sertan, Adelius Thomas, Perry Phoenix, that scoop and score touchdown we had in, in the third quarter. But my favorite moment from that was I was team captain before that game. It was me, Pat Sertan, Tyrone Bowyer, and Latrell Pollard. And I, I couldn't wait to get out the tunnel. I'm always the hype up the crowd guy back then. <laughs> and this was before the internet. I didn't know how many people were going to be at the game. So as I'm Coming out the tunnel to the Liberty Bowl, I turn and look around the corner. And if you guys have seen it and remember it, I know you've seen it. There's a sea of black and gold. The entire half of the Liberty Bowl stadium is Southern Miss fans. And and I just remember looking up, and I, I'm just a pump-up-the-crowd guy. And, and the crowd, this positive energy is coming down on me. And I always say if I could sell that energy, I'd, I'd be a billionaire at this point. That was coming down on me right there. And I, I just turned to Latrell. Pollard, my, my fellow captain, I said, we're, we're not losing today. There's no chance, not just for us, but look at these these fans, our fans, man. It was just a mm -hmm. special day to be at Golden Eagle, and um, sure enough, we won 41-7, to the biggest blowout of the bowl season that year, and, and, and Pitt didn't stand a chance. And, and everything Coach Bauer had gone through that season with the death of his daughter and still coaching us and and just still us having that kind of season and uh, with, with a leader we love so much. And I, I could go on and on with the stories from that season. But that 97 Liberty Bowl encompassed what a lot of people think is the best team in the history of Southern Miss football, which I'm not going to argue with. <laughs> you shouldn't have to. Yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, there's still uh, that Liberty Bowl game. There's still video on YouTube out there. You can go back and watch that whole game. I've streamed it at my house a couple times on YouTube. It's entertaining to watch. It was a different brand of football back then. It was fun. Oh, yeah, and it was just it was so much fun, too. And I, t I tell you what, the hangover from Bill Street on New Year's Eve that next day, you know, <laughs> it, it was worth it. But, my goodness, I've never had worth so many it. shots bought for me from Southern Miss fans in my life. <laughs> I was, Did you shut down Bill that night? Uh, we, man, we shut the place down. I think we went to someplace else after, like 2 a.m., like, 
Right. And I woke up, you know, I just say, where, where am I? It was a good time. Where, I don't know. I don't know where I am. <laughs> All the wrong bus back to Pitt. I hope not. Yeah. Man. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to Pennsylvania. Wait, wait, wait. Right, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> no doubt. Well, uh, man, what was your, uh, what was your major? Uh, I was a sports administration major back then. I always wanted to be an athletic director, but just career takes you where it does, and I, n- I never took that route. But sports have been. Okay. Lane, you want to take the yeah. last one? I got you. Yeah, and, and uh, the next question is, what are you doing now? And I want you to tell us a little bit about your podcast and stuff. Go ahead and give yourself a plug on there as you've done some great stuff on there. So tell us what you're up to now and tell us all about the podcast. I appreciate that. For about 20 years or so, I've been in the medical sales industry. I'm currently a medical sales manager uh, selling imaging platforms for a company called Siemens, Go- global company. Been doing that for about four years. I'm in the medical industry, and uh, but my side gig, which is a little passion project for me, is a show you can watch on YouTube and watch on Spotify, listen on Apple Podcasts called Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. And any diehard Southern Miss fan, that, that's a loaded slogan for people, you know, because it truly was a time when football was playing some serious names on the road. And, and pulling a lot of big wins. I mean, you know, the, the, it's a laundry list back then, and then Southern Miss decided to make a slogan about it, anyone, anywhere, anytime, and then people just didn't want to play us, especially Ole Miss. Yeah, didn't want to play us. Don't get me started with them. Don't get me started with them. There's not much of a love-hate relationship there with them. It's more of a hate oh, hate I, I hate them. Two of my best friends in the world played <laughs> for them. And, and like uh, when they won the national championship in baseball last year, they texted me, aren't you happy for the sip? I'm like, Dude, uh, no, uh, you know, no. <laughs> and I, I'm about to hang up on you. You, you know, my hatred for you guys. Yeah. No. And, uh, <laughs> but no, it, 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 it's a show back on the anyone, anywhere, anytime. It's weekly every Wednesday. And I'm on episode 31 coming up next week with Nick Mullins. And, and people will recognize a lot of these faces. Uh, I've tried to create kind of a catalog where people can go back and watch the stories of episode one was Jeff Bauer. I've had Adelius Thomas. I've had TJ Slaughter. You know, I've had all the big three coaches on. And uh, next week, I'm lucky to have Nick Mullins on, which is which is great. Finally pinned him down. And uh, he's got a great story. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's, it's really designed. I mean, I'm not really – the X's and O's guy. I know if I can talk that, but there's a lot of that out there. Do a great job. You, you guys do a great job. Uh, it's really just a storytelling. The meet and gravy is the interview with uh, telling the story of the guest. Absolutely. Good deal. Well, before we dive into mailbag questions, I want to take our first little quick break here and recognize our sponsor for this show. And it is Katie McClendon, a realtor with Realty Executives, the executive team here in Hattiesburg. Uh, Katie is a big supporter of our show, and uh, we always tell you guys, man, support our supporters. (laughs) You know, that's supporting us. And uh, so give her a call for any of your realtor needs at 601-270-5003. You can also reach her at our office at 601-268-1600. All right, Pate, do we have any mailbag questions this week? Well, Lane, we certainly do have. We actually have a couple here. Hot damn! So let's go. Yes. All right. So our first one comes from Matt and Brandon, and he asked, "Were you guys disappointed with our showing versus Florida State? I know we were outmatched, but didn't expect the score to be what it was." Hmm. Who wants to take the first one? <laughs> Who, <laughs> Who wants, wants to, to go jump first? In first here? <laughs> Matt, were you disappointed? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <I> think. <laughs> yeah. So, well. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go first here, guys. And um, you know, Matt, I kind of agree with you. Like, I was disappointed at. I'm not disappointed. We lost the game. We were outmatched. We knew that going into it. I was disappointed with. It, with the the penalties, really. Honestly, that's what jumped off the page to me, just the stuff we gave Florida State. There were some positives from the game that I saw as we played, um, but we do have a lot to fix. And, uh, no, I didn't expect it to get as ugly as it did. Um, and I'll say this, and, you know, 
I've seen a lot of stuff on like Eagle Post and stuff like that. People just totally bashing the players and stuff and and talking about the good old day back Marchant's good old days, right? Back in those days where we were just giant killers. Everybody talks about that and talk about how, you know, we're not there. But guys, I've been kind of thinking about this. And Chuck Marchant, y'all can tell me I'm totally off base here, whatever it's you know, it's just an opinion here, but I think the days of having a consistent program that's a giant killer are almost gone. And the reason why is I think it has to do with all of the uh, exposure that kids have nowadays. Like, I think back in those days, Marchant, think about the teams you were on. You had guys like TJ Slaughter. You had guys like, like you. You had guys like Patrick Sertain. You had these guys who – it, you know, when you look at it, they're power five caliber players. Like, they are big-time school caliber football players. And we got them in Hattiesburg and kept them in Hattiesburg and were able to develop them. And they had a chip on their shoulder because the big schools overlooked them. And I think now, with all the exposure these kids have, it's harder to find that diamond in the rough. You know you know what I'm saying? So, y'all might disagree with me on that. I don't know. That's just my take on it. I think it's harder to – really create a big giant killer thing. And I think we were in the perfect spot of there wasn't a ton of exposure for kids and we're in the middle of really the belt of some of the best football in the country with Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. And we were able to really pull from that and build a really, really deep talent pool. So I think now to get back to that status, I think we've really got to take advantage of the portal and find our niche there. And that's just my opinion there, Matt. Uh, to answer your question, yeah, I was disappointed, but that's why I think – I genuinely think we were outmatched by Florida State, and I think that's a big reason why. It's hard to get a giant killer team in, in today's times. Marchant, you want to go, man? Yeah, my turn right here, so just wait my turn. But, no, no, I, I will talk about what you just said right there, and there's a lot of fact – the parts of what you said, I'm not going to agree with everything, but the part I do agree with, there's zero doubt when back in the 90s, 80s, if you didn't get an SEC scholarship and you were a pretty dang good talent and you were from Bama, Mississippi, Louisiana, you went to Southern Miss. It, literally, it was, it was Southern Miss was so talented back then. I mean, every year it'd be mid-tier ranked in the SEC. I mean, you know, Vandy, Kentucky were a joke to yeah. us. If, if you ask me, State and Ole Miss, they won anything, they canceled the series. So, uh, that, that's how much talent was in Southern Miss because it wasn't spread out. Absolutely. South Alabama, Troy, Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky, South Florida, Central Florida, UAB, all these teams have popped up and just spread the talent. It is what it is, unfortunately. But to say we can't get back to that giant killer status, I totally have to disagree because you have a current example. You have two of them in the Sun Belt. You have Coastal Carolina who did something recently. You have Appalachian State who consistently is doing stuff. So it can happen because it is happening. Just something went wrong along the way is what happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and a big thing happened in 2012, that 0-12 season, that set us back a lot. Uh, we, we couldn't afford to go 0-12 in a season, unfortunately. And it's taken years for us to come back from that. But the unfortunate thing, we had the, the, the coaching debacle. Coach Hops last year where he left early, you got four coaches. You know, Coach Hall took over a debacle. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, I don't know what 1A University has four coaches in one season, like what he walked into uh, with, with limited scholarships. But the thing is, that can happen because App State and Coastal Carolina have done it recently, and it, and it can happen. So say it can't, it is, uh, I, don't, I don't agree with that. But yeah. the Florida yeah. State game, I, I see what yeah, you're Florida State game is extremely disappointing. It, it, it is. This is year three of Coach Hall. Uh, I don't have a problem with 66-13 when you're playing a team with NFL talent who could be the best team in the nation on the road. These mm -hmm. things do happen. But if it was 66-13, to I didn't want to see when we finally got to the red zone three run plays in a row. I'd rather see Billy Wiles throw 10 interceptions because we're slinging it we're aggressive. We're go going after it. If you told me coming out of that game you felt we were really putting everything on the line to win that game, 
you're blind. You weren't watching the same game I was. So <laughs> that's where my problem came with the game. I don't care how bad we got beat. You thought we were going to win that game. You kind of lost your mind a little bit, if you ask me. Uh, 66-13 <laughs> doesn't bother me. It's just the matter and the way it went down. There was no pedal to the metal, no gas in the tank. Uh, it, it, it felt defeatist from, from the first quarter. It just did, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know what, what other way to put it because it, it, this is year three. Every game, no matter who you're playing, you, I know Jeff Bauer never had a game we went into where he's like, oh, uh, you know, it, that's just what that felt like a little bit. Unfortunately, it did. Mm-hmm. No, and I'll I'll agree. Um, you know, you think back. Uh, you know, y'all both touched on the coaches. And when was the last time Southern Miss had a foundation? I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Jay Hobson. I'm not knocking Todd Munkin or Larry Fedora. But that foundation that Bauer had, where he was there for so many years and built a program. Um, I know a lot of people joke about you know being a Southern Miss guy and all this stuff, but that that really matters in my opinion. Um, I think that Will Hall, I hope is going to be another uh, Jeff Bauer. I think he could learn a lot from Jeff Bauer. I think he could learn a lot from um, some of these other players like Marchant or, you know, TJ Slaughter or things like that. Um, I, 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 again, I don't think that um, Southern Miss is done by a long shot. I think there's work to be done. I think you clean. And, and like y'all said, losing that bad, it sucks. Yes. We're all disappointed, but you know, two things stuck out that game to me, and that's one that all the penalties. You know, well, there was three fourths down, fourth downs where, um, you know, he ran for a first down, the quarterback, and um, and then Florida State. I mean, like, act like you've been there before in a way. I mean, you're doing an onside kick when you're up twenty to thirty points. <laughs> you're doing these trick plays. You're going for it on fourth down, like. What were you trying to prove that you could beat up little brother? I mean, is that what you're saying, a quote unquote little brother? Um, so it, it just it is what it is, and 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 there's nothing we can do about it. Um, but I, I agree. I wish I wish they'd have had some Brett Favre FU passes down down the field just to see what would happen. Um, but that's just my take. Yeah, and just real quick, there's not a bigger fan of Will Hall than yeah. me. I mean, we're talking about the right hire, the right culture, Agreed. the right everything. He walked into a he mess. Did. But I'm I, I just not going to make excuses for that one game, which I, I just I just didn't see the aggression. I wanted to see Wiles throw 10 picks, 8 picks, because, dang it, we're throwing non-routes and just you get bit, beat 66-13. Dang it, we came out the game like – We've laid it all out there. We threw the playbook at him. Why not? What do you have to lose? Mm. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. You're going to get yeah. beat that way either way. Why not throw the playbook yeah. at him? Reverse flea flickers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this, too. I do think the right coach is here. I think we got the right captain on the ship. And, um, you know, I'm not – I mean, guys, it is what it is. We got our butt kicked by a team that's probably going – be in the college football playoff, may win the whole thing. But I still think, and I've said this from the jump, I still think we have a strong shot of winning the Sun Belt. I don't like – I've stayed true to that from the jump just because I do believe in Will Hall, and I do think that we have the right guys in place. We just have to obviously regroup and get it going again. So, Peyton, anything you want to add to it? I think you guys covered it fairly well. I mean, it, it, for, for me, I thought, I'll be honest with y'all, I didn't think we were going to win this game. However, I thought we would probably be behind, you know, maybe a couple of touchdowns. I thought we were going to put up a, a fight. I mean, yeah. obviously that didn't happen, but that's just kind of how I saw it. But, I mean, from what you guys have said, I mean, I don't think I could have said it any better. I really don't. I picked us to cover the spread. Right. <laughs> I lost, but I picked us to cover the I spread. I did too. I mean, I, I went on record 38-17. I had us losing. So. Beat yeah. the spread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I picked us to beat the spread, but did not happen. So, I think right. all of us are basically saying, Matt, yeah, we're disappointed. But yeah, the sky's yeah. not falling yet. 
No, no. no. We no. guys still got plenty of football to play. So, so with that being said, we'll move on to the next question from Mr. Josh Young, who has written into the show before. Josh, he, my yes, man. Yes, and he asked, how big of a how big of an advantage is it to have a QB instead of a super back? I'll be honest, I don't really feel qualified to answer this one. Um, <laughs> Brady, why don't you go first? Uh, I'll be honest, guys. I, last year, by the end of the season, and y'all may say I'm crazy for this, by the time we got to like the bowl game and stuff, I was like, just give the reins to Frank Gore and let him take it. <laughs> That's just kind of where I was last year. Because uh, he can throw. And I mean, you know, he's a fantastic athlete on his own. But it's a big advantage, Josh. It really is. I think the superback, it creates mismatches. You're trying to gain numbers by putting a quarterback back there. As most defenses don't – most of the time you don't really have to account for the quarterback in the run game. But now you can put Frank Gore back there and go in empty formation and do all kinds of stuff. Like the mind can go crazy with how creative you can be. Uh, It is a mismatch to run the football, but I think the threat of being able to throw the ball down the field and being able to complete passes at a consistent rate is way better than the threat of being able to run it out of any formation with your quarterback. So um, it's a big advantage, Josh. It really is. And I think Billy Wiles has an advantage of having Frank Gore back there too. I think they both play off of each other right now. Um, we didn't see it Saturday, but I think as the season goes on, we'll see that. People are going to have to declare what they're taking away from us, and they can't load the box because Billy Wiles can throw the ball, and we do have a talented group of receivers. And it's just going to make uh, Frank Gore better. I think it's going to make him that much more elected before the uh, electric before the year's over. So Marchant knows a lot of football. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, the foundation of this offense is to have a quarterback like Wiles taking the snap. So the, the, the offense doesn't click unless you have a true quarterback. You know, this superback thing is fantastic. And I felt the same way at the end of the season. Just let Frank have the ball because in two years of quarterback instability, the only stability we saw was Frank Gore yeah. taking snaps. And, uh, <laughs> and he had the prettiest deep ball on the team. So what? Give him the ball. Let, let him do his thing. And But uh, going into this season, this is year three, we got to have a quarterback because this system is designed with a quarterback in mind like a Wiles. And and I think, to be frank with you, there was, it was about the fourth, late in the third, we're getting our tail kicked at Florida State. A lot of people, including myself, wanted to see Holman Edwards. I mean, why not? Put him out on the field. But we went deep into the fourth. I mean, I think there was only like three minutes left till you saw Holman. And I think that's a reflection of how bad Coach Hall wants to Billy at the quarterback position to keep the Wilds in that long. And when you think about it, it makes sense because we just haven't had anybody take enough snaps for a consistent period. And you don't wild, want Wilds your starter maybe in that long, but he needed the snaps and the team just needs that kind of stability from a quarterback. We haven't had it. And uh, so anybody's maybe that'll answer why Edwards wasn't in the game a little bit earlier. Great backup, you know, great option, but we've just got to have a guy taking snaps. He's going to be the guy taking snaps. His last two years, it's been a mess at quarterback. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think having Wiles and uh, Holman in the, in the, um, you know, the arsenal is huge. And, and while I am a huge Frank Gore fan, um, you know, the question was this week, why wasn't he used as much? And I, I don't know if y'all know the answer. I don't know if he, you know, if they were protecting him, if if uh, he just wasn't on his game. I don't know the answer. But, um, you know, you take a little bit off of Frank. Frank can't do it all. Um, so I, I think that having a quarterback, especially, and Frank's going to be gone next year, right? Isn't he a senior? Um, so, yeah. Is he a junior uh, or senior? If he's not a senior, he's yeah. gonna get drafted anyway. I think. I want to. I want to say he's a junior. Don't go. Hold I can't. Me too. I, I can't remember junior. either. That COVID year throws yeah, me, me off. Too. I say junior. Me too. Yeah. Well, we know he's a junior, Marshamp. Uh, no. Oh, see what you did there. Well, Chuck, you do bring a good a good point to the table here. Frank Gore in two ball games has only carried the football mm-hmm. 17 times. 
I've seen a lot of people asking questions about it. What's is there something going on? What are y'all's thoughts on that? That's a big question by a lot of people. Why is Frank Gore touching the ball so little? But I tell you what, you know what I liked in that Florida State game? If there's one thing I can take away, I like Frank Gore got a lot of tick got ticked yeah, off. Yeah. He was open in the flats and miles overthrew him. I don't know if he's mad at the pass, mad at how the way things were going. I need to see more of that. I need to see people yeah. ticked off at the situation, and which is going to get into my next subject once we get on the Tulane game. You know, the, where, where, where's the where's where's the anger, the sense of urgency? I love Frank Gore acting like that on the field. Enough's enough, man. And uh, you know, people can take it. You know, acting like this. No, no. I, heck yeah, you should be ticked off when things like that are happening. You know, and. He's, he's a playmaker. He wants the ball, you know, and, you know, put the ball on my back if we're going to lose, you know. And uh, it's, it's not selfish. It's, it's, he's that kind of guy. We need that kind of fire. We need more of that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just – I was just curious what y'all's take was on that because I've been kind of wondering that myself. I don't know. It's interesting. We'll see. We'll see. So. Oh. All right. Well – all right. Well, thank you guys for submitting questions in this week. Anyone is welcome to submit a question to us anytime. Uh, at Anyone, anywhere, anytime. At right, Marchant? Yeah. Well, you know, that is the name of the, my show, yeah. and it releases every Wednesday for anybody wondering. <laughs> Shameless so, plugs. <laughs> my ears, my ears perked up. What was that? <laughs> you watch on YouTube, Spotify, um, listen on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> couldn't tell one bit couldn't tell it all anytime at uh everyday equals podcast at gmail.com we're also on facebook instagram and x or formerly known as twitter uh hit us up in the messages direct messages and uh we'll be happy to answer your questions on the show anytime all right, let's get to my favorite segment. It might be a little hard to run it this week after this blowout, but let's go ahead and fire up the holy cow segment there, Pate. Holy cow! All right, let's start here with Chuck. Well, Chuck, what Golden Eagle athlete made you say like holy you cow said, this it, week? It, it, it was a little hard to find some silver lining, but I do believe that you can find silver lining in everything. And I went with our boy Rodriguez Clark, who had 86 yards on 15 carries. Um, and score the only touchdown in the entire game. Uh, so, I, again, I don't know why he got more touches than Frank, um, but he, he did a good job. So the future's bright for Mr. Clark. Yeah. Yep, he's fun to watch. He had a good post-game interview, too. I was, I was uh, impressed with him in his post-game interview. So, Marshant. What made you say holy cow this week? Well, the score 66 to 13, call me old school, <laughs> unless you did something crazy good, which I didn't see in that game. A player can't get the MVP. The guy who handles the $1.5 million paycheck gets the MVP for that game. Who's ever, who's, whatever treasurer is running the, the money at Southern Miss, that's my MVP for the week. Whoever cashed that check, huh? That's right. Cash that check, it was baby. A good that, day for that's him. the real MVP. <laughs> and did we did we come out of the game with no injuries? I think we did. Didn't I think we? so. I can't, Any I can't injuries think come to mind? But... So there's two positives: got a fat paycheck and got out of the game without injuries. So, uh, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here, Chuck, because I have one guy before the show started. And since nobody took any of the other ones, I'm going to steal this one here. I was impressed with our DBs uh, throughout this game. Uh, my, In particular, the one I was most impressed with was Michael Carraway Jr. Um, so on the day, he didn't have a ton of tackles, but he made some big plays down the field if you saw it. He only got credited with one pass breakup, but – Guys, he was in coverage a lot on some of these big receivers from Florida State, and I thought he played well. Another one that played well is Markel McLaurin. Uh, Brendan Tolles had two pass breakups. 
and Jay Stanley had one, which we all know what Stanley's capable of. So I just thought our DBs played with a lot of uh, chippiness, and I was that was exciting to see them, you know, from a fan perspective there. So a lot of plays downfield, and they raked the ball out on the way to the ground. So uh, I'll spit out a couple other notables here. Uh, Jay Stanley, seven tackles, uh, one pass breakup and a forced fumble. Um, Dylan Lawrence had six tackles. Uh, he, and um, let's see here. We had Jeremiah Robinson got credited with a sack. Kristen Booth and uh, Jalen Williams got credited with half a sack each. And as far as the offense goes, uh, Billy Wiles was 11 for 34 for 154 yards and a pick. No touchdowns. Guys, I'm just going to call it like it is. He was running for his life all night. I just – I saw some stuff out of Billy Wiles that I was actually pleased to see. Like, the guy – he he ain't a sissy now. Like, he, he ain't scared. He, he tucked it down. He ran around. He tried to make plays. Um, you know, he was just overmatched and had bullets coming at him all night. Uh, he got sacked four times. So – he had – or no, he got sacked twice, not four times. I'm sorry. But either way, he had bullets coming at him. He was under pressure a lot. We already mentioned Rodriguez-Clark, and those 11 receptions were by seven different receivers. So, you know, that was pretty much the summary of the game, guys. Didn't go like we wanted it to, obviously. So, I'm ready to flush it and move yeah. on. Are y'all <laughs> anything anybody wants to add? All right, Pate, save us. Play the can't wait. Can't wait. All right. New week, new life, right? Fresh air. Chuck, what can you not well, wait I'm for Well, I'm hoping that I can't wait to watch uh, spring cleaning or uh, fall cleaning, whatever you want to call, where we clean up some of those uh, penalties that we got. What was it, over 100 yards in penalties um, against Florida State? I have the stat. stat. Let man. me find it. Penalties, penalties. There it is. We had 13 penalties no, almost, for 90 yards. So that's a lot that's of. But I can't wait guys. to see how we clean that up. Yeah, Marchant, what can you not wait for this week? I can't wait to see a new attitude from the players, from the fans. Coaches from the water boy to the equipment manager to everybody that shows up to the rock on Saturday, you know, call me old school, but I came from a time, you know, in 1997, where Pat Sertan made a hit in the game, knocked the guy's teeth out for Houston. And I don't remember the fans feeling bad for the guy. I remember the audience and the players and everybody associated fired up. Like it was a gladiator arena that if you ask me, and um, that's the rock I know. And the only way you're going to get things turned back to where you need it to be is to where you make the rock a a violent type place to play where Tulane gets on the bus after no matter what the score is, they're like, what the hell just happened? I mean, until this place kind of gets back like that, there was a sports writer for Sporting News early 2000s where, you know, we, were, we weren't losing at the Rock very much. And, and he said, you know, people just don't want to play there. You, you could label Hattiesburg Hadesburg because it's a hell of a place to play. And I'll never forget I that. I like that. And uh, there's just got to be a vibe that comes back. So, Coach Hall, if you listen to this, if you guys listen to this, I mean, there needs to be a pissed-off, salty group of people coming to the Rock. I don't care what the score is. I really don't. But this this has to be has to change, the whole attitude, the whole thing, where people come out the rock and they're like, yeah, that's that's it, that's what I was looking for, um, and and that's all I got. I'm just looking for the rock to be what the the living world it's supposed to be, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's a good one there. And then I'm going to jump in here and I'm going to say I can't wait to see if there are any adjustments made up front on the offensive line. Like I said, guys, Billy had pressure in his face all night. We saw Alcorn got to him a few times. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and break it to us, guys. Tulane has a pass rush, too, that's not bad. 
they got after Ole Miss a little bit. Um, you know, on the season they have three quarterback hurries. Let's see, sacks. Sacks are on here somewhere. There it is. As a total, they already have nine sacks on the season in two games. So they've got a little pass rush going over there in New Orleans too that we've got to account for. So I can't wait to see if our offensive line has made any adjustments, if they – if we've got any answer for this pass rush from Tulane. So I'll give the quick rundown here of Tulane, what to watch for. I've already mentioned, guys, their pass rush is good. Uh, that's going to be that's gonna be hard now. That's something we've got to account for. On their defense also, their top leading tacklers, all three are linebackers. Uh, Jesus Machado, number 99. Corey Platt, Jr., number 9. Tyler Grubbs, number 13. Those are the three on defense. They're three linebackers. They fly around, make a lot of tackles. Uh, really, guys, they they really just hold it up on <laughs> for that entire defense. Uh, so you're going to see those three guys running around making a lot of plays. Um, as far as uh, offense goes, their running back is Makai Hughes. He – has a significant amount of more carries than any of the other running backs there. So he is the feature back, number 21. Um, only has one touchdown on the year, but he's averaging 4.3 yards a carry. So he can run it a little bit. And then here's the big one. And the question mark is who will be the quarterback? Uh, Michael Pratt is a returning starter from last year. Um in his first game of the season, guys, he threw for four touchdowns, almost 300 yards, and then was hurt last week against Ole Miss, and the backup, Kai Horton, came in. Uh, he threw for one touchdown, 231 yards, and almost led them to a win. That's the big question to me is who's playing quarterback. Pratt played last year when we upset him, and uh, if I were a betting person, I'd say he's probably the starter this week and probably going to play a lot. I can't imagine them sitting him two weeks in a row. As far as receivers go, guys, they got two of them that kind of take the cake from all the others, number six and number four. So Keys, number six, and Jackson, number four. That's a rundown on the green wave, guys. Um, those are the guys to watch for. To me, the biggest question is how well can we protect and um, who's the quarterback for Tulane. So – uh, anything y'all want to add to the matchup this week versus Tulane? Those are the two big keys, if you ask me. I mean, Pratt, when he's on, he's as good mm -hmm. as anybody in America. I'm watching that Tulane Ole Miss game last week, the you know, backup guy who was playing just kind of ran out of oomph in the third and fourth quarter. Pratt, that wouldn't happen. And that game would have completely gone down to the wire. And uh, but I think Pratt mm -hmm. under center even got a shot of pulling that game out. He, he's a difference maker. He's as good as anybody you'll see, you know, possible first, second-round draft pick quarterback right there. So I hope I don't see him under center, but we know how to beat him when he's under That's center. True. So just in case anybody forgets. And, yeah, this offensive line, they, they do have a lot to prove still, a lot. You know, Alcorn State even had some pressure on Wiles, so, and that's not a good sign. So, like I said, the, you, those are the two keys. I mean, way to hit it. Home run. Yeah. All right. And uh, Marchant. Since we got you on the show, man, I got to ask you, with the Battle of the Bell, what does this matchup mean to you? To me personally, Tulane didn't offer me a scholarship. And if Jeff Bauer definitely knew one thing, he knew how to get under your skin and get you ready for a game. So every time we played Tulane, we played him every year back then, he'd be sure to tell me Tulane week. You know they didn't offer you, Marshan, and kind of walk along his way. He, they thought they had to stand there, stand, stand there fuming. Coach Bauer knew how to get you going. Light that and, uh, fire. And from a personal level, you know, I'll never have any love for him because of that alone. Uh, they said I wasn't quite good enough. I'm like, all right. And, you know, Southern Miss was dominating Tulane back when I was playing. Um, the other thing is – I mean, it's a true rival. We just don't have a lot of them. So thank goodness we're in this Sun Belt. We've got the Raging Cajuns, who I think, because mm -hmm. there's so much history there, that's a rival. You know, this Tulane game, it, it's a rivalry, people. It, it just is. Uh, we got it's, it's the only game with a, a, a trophy, the bell. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah. New Orleans tie guys, guys on this team with ties, you know, it's just an hour and a half away. 
It's, uh, it's bragging rights. And I know Tulane acts big and bad. They're in this AAC conference with their TV money and stuff. It, it was just a few minutes ago in my brain being a New Orleanian where Tulane was not relevant mm-hmm. in football for a long time. I mean, they were a joke. <laughs> so calm down, Tulane. You know, there's my little smack talk right there because I, you know, it, it ain't where you at, it's where you're from. True that. In my eyes. And where you're yeah. from isn't much. No, I love my city, New Orleans, but Tulane is just y'all only been on the map for a little while. <laughs> now I heard rumor yeah. you were an Atlanta Falcons fan. Is that true? Lies, <laughs> brutal, brutal lies. I was actually at that game in '06 yeah. where Gleason blocked that punt, the Monday Night Football game, and we beat the Falcons. Return to the dome. It was so special that night. But on top of it, beating. The, those nasty falcons. Those falcons. Those birds. Dirty birds. Awesome. <laughs> dirty Go birds. Go Saints. I got you. Did we ever get the bell fixed? That's my question. Is it fixed or is oh. it still broke? <laughs> well, if, if if they do beat us, it, just give it to them. Bro. Right. Let them fix it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No doubt. Yeah. There you go. Well, uh, all right. Well, guys, reminder, that game is coming up this Saturday at The Rock. Big time bowl game. Three o'clock. Big time atmosphere. Go ahead, Chuck. No, I was just going to give uh, Marchant one more chance to uh, tell us when we can uh, listen to his podcast and where and all that stuff. You know, we're we're all about supporting each other and building each other up. There's there's enough stories and stuff out there for all of us. So uh, show Southern Miss some love. Go follow anyone, anywhere, anytime. Marchant, how can they do that one more time, man? So you can watch the show, anyone, anywhere, anytime on wednesday releases and it, it sits there you know obviously the show so if you can't catch it on wednesday uh, you can watch it though on youtube and spotify and then apple podcast you can listening and in, in different listening platforms but i have links everywhere to watch awesome. it and, and listen to it so and next week we got nick mullins on so i'm really fired up about that he's got a great story including you know you guys know about this one with, with having him and, and interacting with him with that bone sticking out of his hand right. <laughs> and, that, and that game his senior year yeah. which is normally on his throwing hand six to eight months keeps you out you know he says no 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 tape it up and stitch it up and he put him right back in the game so tough guy stories like that from Nick Mullins. no doubt and i also want to give you uh one more chance uh or a chance here to uh shout out your wife because i think she helps you a lot on the show too right Man, you know, I'm, currently I've taken over a lot of the production yeah. and, and, and uh, kind of fixings of the show, doing everything. But, man, it, it's much easier now because that angel <laughs> on earth of a woman spent endless hours getting all the nooks and crannies. I'm talking like endless hours when I am forever in debt with my wife for the work she put in to get this show right. It's made production really easy for me at this point. You know, it's a lot of time. Don't get, yeah, me, yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, she put together the last show with uh, with the uh, panel with Bauer, Slaughter, and Thompson. Awesome. Uh, and, uh, which was awesome. But uh, I've tried to take a lot of her because she's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. She's got two gigs that she gets after. and uh, But that that's an angel on earth. She, she put so many hours into this show teach, and then teaching me how to do it because I'm – Sometimes I don't read so good with all the hits I took to my head. No, no, we we, we didn't take hits to our head. We can't do it either, Pate. Without Pate, we'd be lost. So uh, we uh, we understand. Need pictures, books with pictures. There you go. <laughs> no doubt. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Well, before we wrap this thing up, I want to take one last chance to uh, again recognize our sponsor, guys, Katie McClendon, Realtor in Hattiesburg. Uh, call her for any of your realty needs. Her cell phone is six zero one. 270-5003. Office phone is 601-268-1600. You'll be glad you called her. I know my wife and I were whenever we sold our house and bought our new one. So she did a good job for us. I know she will for you too. And uh, guys, to wrap up the show, just a, another, I just want to give a shout out to some of these sports here. Talk about what they're doing. Some, uh, some other sports on campus. Last week we had women's soccer. Beat Nichols six to nothing. We had uh, men's golf tied for third out of sixteen teams in a tournament, and then women's volleyball went two and zero last week. With wins over Valley and Nichols State. Uh, this upcoming week, we have men's golf in another tournament. We have track and field and cross country, or they have a, a track meet, and then 
Women's tennis has a game versus Northwestern State. Women's volleyball is versus Little Rock. Lots of sports. That's the rundown on all the other sports. Excellent. Awesome. And before we uh, jump off, I do want to say we are recording September 10th, and tomorrow is 9-11. So uh, we want to give a shout-out to all the police, fire, EMS, military, all those men and women out there putting their lives on the line every day. Uh, thank y'all for what you do. And if you see a, a first responder out, buy them lunch or something. Um, tell them to listen to Everyday Eagle Podcast and anyone, anywhere, anytime. And uh, we'll give them more shout outs. But anything else before we kick it off? Can we do one more plug for my show? Yeah, go ahead, man. One more. Do it. Go okay, ahead. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday's YouTube. Yeah, 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 I like it. I dig it. I dig it. We'll we'll put some links on our our Facebook page or something too for sure. Y'all go check it I out. Appreciate you guys. Love it. Love what you guys do, man. Ditto. We all believe black and gold. That's right. The theme. Marshan, yes. I appreciate you taking the time to come oh, you, on. You guys are man. This was blast. Fun. Love what you guys do. Appreciate Ditto. everything. Ditto. Make sure. so. All right, guys. We will see y'all. Enjoyed the stroll on memory lane. <laughs> yeah. We'll see y'all at the Rock on Saturday uh, against the Green Wave that's blue and their birds. I don't know what their mascot is, but we'll we'll see y'all Saturday. Until then, Southern Miss to the to top. The top. Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast. The podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.